Welcome back, Ottawa Fury fans and neutral listeners. Happy Mother's Day. Um, we're all back. The entire crew is here. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Hello, Kendra. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? <laughs> and Blocksmith. Aloha. Hi, guys. So, uh, let's get right into it. Ottawa Fury played the Tampa Bay Rowdies at home, and uh, the game ended 1-1. Blocksmith, what are your thoughts on the game? Uh, I thought... Uh it was a relatively, I think it was a deserved result. Uh, they, start, they started out pretty well, and then they kind of uh, they kind of went into long ball mode, kind of halfway through. And with the wind, it didn't really help them out. So um, I made the mistake to get absolutely shit-faced again. <laughs> I was hoping, you know, this time, uh, you know, I've been better, but since we had sort of like a two-week break, I got so excited that it's finally a home game again. <laughs> So, uh, you know, my analysis may be lacking in a few few sections. Kendra, what did you think of the game? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, there was, of course, one goal for us, so that was exciting to celebrate. Um, <clears throat> I thought they relied too much on the wind, and I think it was kind of a, an issue. And um, I think trying to play the long ball in the wind may have affected the play a little bit. Um, but... It was a fun game, um, and we got a point, so that's positive. Yeah, and the wind was definitely strong. I mean, uh, the Fury Ultra's two flags fell off <laughs> after true. just a couple minutes after they set them up. So yeah, we lost a flag up front on the on the front part of the stadium too. Ones that were tied down, so it was it was pretty windy. Um, two penalties fairly early on in the game. Um, do you guys think of the Ottawa Fury uh, penalty was actually a penalty? Did you guys have a chance to rewatch it? I don't think it was. No? I don't think it was either. I didn't see anything, really. Well, I watched it again. Like, in the game, I, uh, during the game, I didn't really see. But um, on the feed, it, lo it looks like uh, the Tampa Bay player handled the ball. But I was just unsure if it was inside or outside of the box. So And either way, it, it was a soft penalty. And then, of course, Minatel... Um, Missed it, but it was actually a good penalty. Nah. I thought it was a pretty good penalty. <laughs> you can't really fault him, no? Uh, it was like waist height, like halfway between the goalie and the post. Wasn't struck real. Really heavy. hard? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I mean, the, the Tampa Bay keeper, uh, what's his name? Uh, Matt Pickens. Yeah. He's <clears throat> uh, saved three out of three this season, so he's very good at penalties. Maybe not so much in, in, in other aspects of the game. The, the way to well, we we watched the game together, and it seems uh, we've seen Pickens play three times this season. And the way he always gets beat is uh, the the ball's off corners, and that's how we scored our goal too, right? And uh, <clears throat> he's that game we saw where he let in four goals, like he got beat in the air every time. He always he's bad at judging where 
Yeah, and then after he just like yells at his teammates <laughs> and like, doesn't take any responsibility for it. But but to his credit, he's the reason why Tampa Bay won last night or won. <laughs> well, got a point. Yeah. Got a point. I, it feels like got a point on the road. Right? For in the NASL, getting a point is almost like getting a point away is almost like winning. Yeah, it's yeah true. well, I think with the injuries that we had, that I think a point's pretty good at this point. What about the, the, the penalty that we conceded? Do you guys did you guys actually see what was going on? I missed that. Okay, here's my point of view. Alright. I saw oh, it's a corner, and then I saw Jeroen getting really angry, and I thought he just got really angry because like it wasn't supposed to be a corner, and then he gets a yellow, and I was like all pissed off. Damn it, that should have been a goal kick. And then it, it turns out it was actually for a penalty, so I was even more upset. Yeah, even uh, Dos Santos said he wasn't sure what the penalty was for, and then they asked him what he thought of the refereeing, and he's like, I have nothing to say about the referees. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I reviewed, I when I got home I reviewed it, and yeah, Evan Sprimpron, I think the Tampa Bay striker, was going through the through the box, and I think uh, Jeroen just kind of like grabbed him lightly by the arm, and he just went down. I don't, I'm pretty sure that had Ottawa not received the penalty earlier, they would have called a penalty on that. But it is slightly worrisome that Omar Jeroen, you know, constantly is a bit of a liability. Like, if, if opposing players know that he can be easily provoked and they can easily get a penalty from him or, or get him carded... Well, it's not new to the He's new to us, but he's not new to the league. Exactly. Like, they all know him. Like, all the coaches know him in the league. Everyone knows him, so... Like, maybe they do run at him sometimes or go for him, but... But other than that, he had a pretty good game, I thought. Like, yeah. Not spectacular, but he didn't do any mistakes, really, besides causing the penalty. Yeah, but like to go back to the referee, like what Blogsmith was saying, was um, I totally agreed. I don't think our penalty, like, it was like a makeup call. It felt like a makeup call. And uh, this referee, he, he didn't pull out hardly any cards all game. And when he did, they were for like, ridiculous reasons. Like, Drew Becky got a card for touching the ball. Yeah, and, and he's I, on two yellows now, so for, he's got to be careful. Like, touching the ball once it was placed on the PK, and that's when he got a yellow. Yeah, like you said, he got two yellows, so uh, another yellow, he has to sit out again. So. Yeah, I thought the referee did really well, except for those two penalty calls. And I believe uh, on the corner kick that we scored on, it almost clearly went off the Ottawa player that he called to the corner. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, so, didn't, I didn't notice that. But, um, yeah, the line, the linesman and the refs at fault. For that. Yeah, overall pretty good, except for those three really defining moments of the game. Except for the times that matter. And I believe Tampa Bay, they uh, hit, the, hit the bar twice in the game. Twice yep. right off the first 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah which was uh, scarier. So overall, I think we can be happy with a point. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not complaining, and it's our first ever draw in the NASL. Yeah, second half was a little uh, was a little slow, but I thought we had most of the chances. I don't think Tampa had too many chances in the second. It was pretty equal, and I think possession was pretty equal as well. Uh, there was a nice play between uh, Donatelli and Soria. It was a give and go, and Soria just couldn't finish. I have seen, like, I've noticed lately that our um, midfield seems to be very strong, and they, like Donatelli and Ubi Perpovic, 
will give good service, but the strikers seem to have a little trouble like linking up with them and like either getting to the ball or not knowing what to do with it once they get to it. And uh, there was a few times last night where I was thinking like, where is, where is everyone? Like where, what's going on? Why is no one in space to get a ball? So I don't know, maybe that's something that could be worked on in practice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I really got to wonder what's going to happen with Donatelli, right? Because like he really benefited from the, the Patterson injury and he's supposed to come back for the next game. And, uh, but I can't see this team without Donatelli. Like he's one of our mm -hmm. key players. Mm -hmm. No one expected that, right? Like I didn't expect him to be. No, because like I, I mean, I knew nothing about the play when we first signed it, and I just read like he played like indoor a, indoor soccer, and I was like, okay, um, <laughs> where did they get this guy from? But you know, then I saw his hair, and I fell in love. And yeah, this play's been really good. Um, yeah, last night, uh, like according to the stats which I don't know can be trusted because they said there's 61 throw-ins. Do you think there's 61 throw-ins last night? Oh, could have been. I don't, been. I don't <laughs> usually count them. But <laughs> Somebody did. But uh, yeah, and 36 free kicks. So I don't know. Anyway, but um, it looks like we were pretty, pretty outplayed. Like they had 82 attacks. We had 57. Uh, but it said we had more possession at 52%. <laughs> Yeah, okay, but that's 2%. 2%, yeah, so, so possession is pretty, equal. pretty even, even. 82 attacks? What's this? Yeah, yeah. an attack? Yeah. Dribbling it in the other half? Uh, probably. <laughs> Taking Prob it over I half. bet you they counted it, like, if there's, like, a pass over the halfway line and they're, like, moving forward, that probably counts as an attack. Wow. That's a weird stat. Maybe goal kicks count as an attack. It's not baseball. <laughs> this is not baseball. Yeah, it's like a baseball stat, so soccer. So... So what about the uh, the experience of watching the game in the stands this time around? So we had that theory that, yeah, we've had bad weather, but, you know, once it's good weather, the, it was going to be sold out. And we did have beautiful weather this time, and uh, I think we've had the uh, least amount of people yet in the stadium, right? What was the attendance? 2,100? 2,100, yeah. 64. Like 2,164, okay. Which, you know, I uh, you you see things like uh, announced attendances and they're always higher than they feel. Mm -hmm. But this game, I thought there was more than 2,100 people there. It was pretty much full. I, it felt full. At the beginning, I was worried, to be honest. It, it, it seemed quite empty at the beginning. Yeah. But then it started to fill up within the first five or ten minutes of the match. And yeah. our section ended up being pretty full by the end. So Yeah, and I, good. I was overlooking, the, I was in the very top row at one point overlooking the stadium and it's, it was full. So it's weird because they... 1,300 people less than last time it was full, but maybe the club seat section or the standing in the front. There's no one standing at this game, like in mm. outside the stadium. So. What about you, Blogsmith? Like, any comments on the on the game experience? Um, I think the, the crowd is a bit uh, disappointing, the, uh, the size of it anyway. I think, uh, I think the Fury need to uh, market a little better. I, I don't think... We're just going to wait for Lansdowne and then market is a really good strategy. I think the more people you bring in now, the more people will show up. I think that's what they want to do. I think they want to have people come in, see the game, enjoy it because it's really good uh, quality soccer, and then come back. I so I, 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 met a, I sort of made a new friend and I wanted to, to bring him along and... Um, get him to buy supporters tickets and when he bought his supporters ticket they were asking him for a supporters card 
But there's no such thing as a supporters card, right? And like this is like uh, how many home games have we had? Five. Yeah. So this is our fifth home game, and they're still doing these amateur mistakes. And also the pricing. What, what was it for for indiv adult individuals? Uh, twenty eight dollars. At the door is twenty eight. Yeah. So. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But you can buy it online for twenty. Yeah. So where's that eight dollar come from? I don't. Like you want to encourage people to come into the stadium at this point. Yeah. Especially if you're not selling out. Yeah. Like if you, and you're not selling out like a small stadium and you're moving into uh, 22 or 24,000. But then again that we can't <laughs> underestimate that factor like I want to go to Lansdowne to see a match. Cuz like earlier yesterday like I ran into some people while I was walking uh, along the canal they were jogging by and like I was like you know you should go to the Fury game they're like yeah yeah I will once Lansdowne park opens. Oh, yeah. So once again, you know, I hear that over and over again. But at the it's kind of too late to do anything about it. Like, they got a month left, two two games at the stadium. Yeah. They should really concentrate on, like, just building up the event, you know, when they open the new stadium. And it is a World Cup year, so people will, you know, be more aware of soccer and probably more excited about it than usual, so they got that going for themselves. So, you know, you got to be optimistic, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but uh, attendance has to increase, uh, averaging... Over 2,000 isn't going to get it done. I think it's the lowest in the league, actually. Oh, it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, Edmonton, I think Edmonton's second last, and they're drawing three to 4,000 a game. Yeah. So. Like, comparably to uh, Indy, who we're playing uh, next week, they're selling out 10, 11,000 people. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Indy, let's take a look at uh, some of the other results in the league. So, uh, India lost again at home against Edmonton. So, Edmonton got their first win. Um, India have yet to win a game in the NASL. So, at least we're still the best uh, expansion team. And I think in the league standings, we're, we're still ahead of, of FC Edmonton. Yeah, we're in eighth right now in the, in the standings. But, yeah. We'll get to Goal that. difference. Yeah. yeah. Goal difference. It was four goals. Thank you, Carolina. <laughs> um, Fort Lauderdale are on a roll. They, they won again at home 4-0 to the Atlanta Silverbacks. Um, one thing I forgot to mention about the indie game is they had over 10,000 people there. They, quite they've impressive. sold out all three of their home games so far. So what are their ticket prices, Ryan? Uh, their ticket prices start at $10. They go up from there, but there's a lot at $10. And, it's, and they do a lot of marketing, and they're, they're really thinking long-term. Um, they did have a stadium planned. And uh, it didn't. It was a lot of government t tax uh, breaks and things involved, and they it didn't work out. So they're gonna be a few years at this stadium, which they thought would only be like a couple years, but now okay. I think they're gonna be at that stadium. Well, anyway, maybe time. Ottawa Fury can learn a few things on, on uh, in regards to ticket pricing and and how to sell out or at least get close to selling out a stadium. Yeah, I I don't think it's like the market's there, but. When when I run into people on the street wearing like a New York Red Bull jersey and they don't know we have a team in Ottawa and they live in Ottawa and they follow MLS really closely and they don't know we have an NASL team in the city, that's that's a problem. Like that's Yeah, that's worrisome. So, and for the other game, uh, San Antonio Scorpions beat the Carolina Railhawks 3-0. Um, yeah, the Railhawks aren't very strong away as, as we know. So that's not really a surprising result. <clears throat> Haskell got a goal there. 
Oh yeah, yeah he's good job. That's yeah. from our Connects Abroad contributor, uh, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, did my work. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, the uh, other game that uh, is yet to be played will be on Monday, I believe. Uh, New York Cosmos versus Minnesota United. I would suggest to all of you with like even the mo the most remote interest in the NASL, that's a must watch game, because those are the two top teams, and you would you know think. So, I'm definitely gonna watch that. It's yeah. weird that it's on a Monday night though. It's a holiday. It's a oh. holiday in the states. Yeah, I think it's perhaps some sort of. When are the holidays next week? I don't know, I but know. I mean. Sunday is the big EPL, uh, you know, day, like all the games at once, so maybe they thought it would be good to have it on the next day, whatever. All right, uh, why don't we uh, take a break at this point, and uh, yeah, let's put on some music. Welcome back, guys. So let's take a moment and uh, have a look at the NASL table. We've got over half of the season done, which is totally crazy to think because we've only played five games, right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Blocksmith. <laughs> really helpful. All right, current leaders of the, of the league are the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. They've got 12 points, uh, four wins and one loss. Not too shabby. <clears throat> totally unexpected. Um, I think everyone expected the Cosmos to be top of the table. Um, we got to mention that uh, the Strikers have a game in hand over Minnesota and New York who are playing on Monday, but even, even with uh, a Cosmos win, uh, that would only launch them up into third, or just over San Antonio. So. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota has yet to lose a game. They're, of course, second because they have a game in hand. Um, so you could pretty much expect Minnesota to get first or second would be my prediction. Yeah. And they've traditionally been a strong team since the league started. Yeah. And they started with, I think, was it three away games in a row? So they have a lot more games at home? They do, yeah. They're, and they're, I believe they're like us. They have more home games than away games. So I think their away games is, are almost done. So. And they've played a lot of the tough competition. So my guess would be that Minnesota wins the spring league. What do you guys think? I think that's an accurate assumption. They seemed pretty strong when we played them. And, um, yes. So will Edmonton get relegated? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they will be relegated to the Alberta Major Soccer League. Um, maybe the Drillers will be promoted. <laughs> I wish. One day. Well, after uh, this week's games, Indy Lebanon has been mathematically eliminated from string, uh, spring title contention. Okay, well, it's good to have it officially. For all your math mathematicians out there. <laughs> That's the deal. Uh, okay, so what else can we say about the table, guys? Well, San Antonio's a bit of a surprise. I, I, I didn't expect to see them in third. Um, didn't expect... And the Railhawks, they keep getting destroyed on the road, but somehow managed to hold on to fourth. Yeah, the I mean, they're so. the only team right now in the top five of the table that has a negative goal difference. <laughs> so when they lose, they lose bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and everyone yeah. else, like, Ottawa, like, is this where we expected them to be? Like, Oh, I'm not too surprised. I'm just glad we've had a win. You know, we're not dead last. We're the best Canadian team. We're the best expansion team. You know, you got to look at this shit positively. 
Yeah. Find the positives where you can and go forward from there. Yeah, we still have Edmonton and Indy yet to play, so we can hopefully move up. But I think Mark DeSantos came in this season, having a spring season kind of a feel out. We're not going to try to compete for the title. We're just going to figure out our team. And Speaking of that, uh, we actually had a listener question from one of our two listeners, <laughs> Namu. <laughs> he's, he's asking us, uh, what's been our strength and weaknesses so far in the defense, midfield, and attack? How do you see the team change when Patterson comes back? Ryan, what do you think? Um, I've said it before. I think we need some height. Uh, what Kendra was saying earlier, we need better link up between the mids and the forwards. Uh, our defense is good. It's maybe a little more speed in the center of the defense. Um, l last night, what was really cool to see was Becky was coming up and he was in on, like, right in the box, like right in a uh, Tampa's box. So we had Becky like twice, and um, Surya also Surya contributed that way as well. Yeah. So Becky is of course uh, replacing uh, Frizenga there on the on the as a right back. Um, why do you guys think um, that uh, Dos Santos took out Frizenga? Uh, I think it was because he didn't have such a good game last game with uh, Atlanta. Um, I think the coach is trying to be fair and start the strongest players and I think sitting him out is a good kind of like You know lesson to say like you got to play and you got to be competitive and um, hopefully he'll um, get better in practice and um, Get back in there because he's a great player to have in but I think it was just because of his his bad game last game Yeah, and it wasn't only last game It was pretty much all the games that he's featured in where he's you know his passing has been off and he's just he needs to just, you know, get his shit together. But I want to see him back because, you know, he's one of our, like, Canadian young talents. So I, I want to see him back in the starting lineup and hopefully he'll improve. All right, so that sums up uh, the discussion of the defense pretty much. I mean, we don't really have to talk about the central backs positions too much because in previous pods we've, we've gone a great length about Omar Jeroen, Trafford, and Becky and so on. But we should say that uh, regarding our goalkeeper... Gorg has been pretty good, right? Yes, he's been great, um, pretty solid, it makes some great saves, and he kind of is, you know, getting in there and organizing his defense, and I think he's doing a very, very good job. I'm and of great. course, he isn't uh, at fault uh, at, for conceding the penalty in the last game. I believe no. it was shot straight through the middle, and he just chose the wrong corner. It can happen to the best <laughs> keepers in the world. So that takes us to uh, the midfield. Now, a lot of us take Richie Ryan sort of for granted, saying, you know, he's one of our leaders, he's the captain, he's got a right to be there. But I know Blocksmith is one of his biggest critics, so how do you uh, see his performance so far? you think he's improving? Uh, I don't think he had a strong game uh, yesterday. He might be still a little banged up, I'm not sure, but he, uh, he gives a ball up way too easy. I mean, he plays kind of... He plays too far back. He's yeah, he's almost a sweeper, as you said, and uh, he doesn't have the range. He's not. He's not a good tackler. He doesn't play defensive. Defensive that well. He just kind of. He doesn't have the range to be a box to box, so they just stick him back, in the central defense. I think. Uh, I think the Fury. Uh, trying to, build up their attack, playing through with Ryan is, is not working. I noticed during the game, like 
couple things you said were when they played Edmonton in Edmonton, the second leg of the of the Voyagers Cup. Uh, Richie Ryan was the, that's when he did those two horrible passes, right? Back pass, and he 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 exposes other players, um, and he's not. I don't know. Maybe he didn't play in a physical league, but he's not tough on the ball. And in the NASL, you have to be like very tough on the ball. You got to hold the ball well. Like you can't just do a couple fancy footwork and expect to keep the ball. Like they'll just take you out in this league. It's very physical. Right, but I would assume like I've never really watched an Irish uh, league game, but I would assume that would be a physical league as well, that, right? That's a stereotype. Yeah. I don't appreciate those stereotypes. Well, I'm no. very sorry that I've offended the uh, Seattle Sounders fan. They're very sensitive people. Um, no, but I mean, let's get back to the topic. Uh, maybe when Patterson comes back, he should be replacing Richie Ryan. Like, you know, you know, we haven't seen too much of Patterson, but he is kind of, like to me. He like in his description, he seems like the kind of player that that we want Richie Ryan to be. Yeah, he's the player we want. Like we think, we only seen him in the preseason, really, right? Like, did did he play in the he first, the first the first game down down Fort Lauderdale, and that's that's it, right? So you can't really take any other of the three midfielders out, right? We can't take uh, Ubi Porridge or whatever his name is. <laughs> Ubi Porridge, <laughs> yeah, Mister Unpronounceable. Uh, yeah, we, we I mean, he was man of the match uh, in the last game. He's had tons of great games, and uh, you know we're all Donatelli fans, so please don't take him out, Santos. So that really leaves just Richie Ryan in that uh, line of three. Yeah, I mean. Uh... Yeah, like Ryan said, we haven't seen a lot of him. I, I don't know what his game is. I think it's more offensive than defensive, but he definitely has more range than Richie Ryan. Um, it might be interesting to see if he comes back, if uh, Richie Ryan and Patterson might have some chemistry, and maybe if you pair them off in the center, they might play a bit better. So then who would you take out for him? Probably Donatelli. Oh, <laughs> but you can switch them. You can rotate them. I think, I think with all the games we've had and all the injuries, I think rotation is key. Is a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I would like to see in the midfield, uh, like last night, Maro uh, Ustakio, I think is how you say his last name, came in for Ubi Perapovic in the last like three minutes of stoppage time. It'd be nice to see him get a little bit more playing time because he's one of the first players that we got and. He's really young. I don't think he's like a starter or anything, but I think it would be nice to see him and like develop some of that, that talent. Yeah, the the young Portuguese Canadian made his debut, I guess. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. his debut last night. That was Is that first, the, the first the, professional minutes? And oh, ever. And there's three of them. Mm -hmm. Yes, but yeah, no, it's and it'd be great to see him play some more, like especially with our hurt lineup and we're short on people. Like, let's use these guys. Yeah, there's another guy, uh, Zachary Masudi, I believe it is, the Lomi from Montreal. I, he looks dynamite when he's practicing and kicking the ball around before the game. And I think he came in for the Carolina game. I think he might only have one or two appearances, but I like to see him get a little more playing time. I think Montreal loaned him to us to get playing time. And I think uh, I think he'd be very strong for us. Now that uh, leaves our, uh, our forward line. Um, I mean, uh, we have a Minatel who, of course, is going to be a starter if he's fit. Um, then, you know, as we've discussed earlier, um, you know, we're desperately waiting for Heinemann to come back. 
that leaves the third spot, who would you see like to see in, in there, Boxman? Um Dantas has played well. I I think he played that well game yesterday. I thought he was gonna come out and have a really strong game, but Yeah, he was pretty invisible actually. Yeah, him and Oliver were pretty invisible. And uh I don't even think Hayworth had that great a game. I mean there was a I think Hayworth is just still getting used to like being in a more competitive league. You know, he's he was is essentially a PDL player. And he's gonna be very good. He's gonna be very good in the future, but I don't think he's an, a regular starter for this team, or should be. Yeah, it, it, like I was just thinking, if you bring Patterson back, right? What about Elias Elias? Have him and Donatelli with uh, Patterson in the middle, and then Dantas or Heineman would probably take Dantas's spot, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would because he's he's the big post in the middle there, so. That that could be they could be a really fast counter team, like you'd have those two guys on the on the sides. Yeah, but that kind of goes against DeSantis' philosophy because he wants to be a possession team, right? Yeah, and play the four four two perfectly. But if they change the formation a little, they could really do some damage with some speed. Because a lot of teams in this league are lacking speed, and we had some. We have a couple players that have some, so we could do something. So. You know, if you had to sum up our strengths and weaknesses, uh, for, and you know, use three words, Ryan, how would you, you just, how would you say, like, what would you say our strengths are? In in three words or three yeah, give strengths? me three words. <laughs> three <laughs> words or strengths. Uh, coaching mm-hmm. is our number one strength. Uh, our number two is uh, people don't know much about us. Un- unpredictability. Unpredictability, I guess. Yeah, and our our third strength would uh um would have to be our keepers. Mm-hmm. I think we we do very the keepers we have are very very good. And uh, Vlogsmith, how would you sum our our three uh, biggest faults? Biggest faults. Think uh, inconsistency. Uh, yeah, a lot of times, like I mentioned before, they start to play their game and then. When it doesn't kind of go their way, they just kind of default to long ball and throwing it up and having people run at it, which I don't think is our game. Uh, injuries. Yeah, vulnerabilities, injuries. I, I don't think we have a depth problem, but we have an injury. We have a definite injury problem. And the so, fact that uh, Mark DeSantos can't make tactical decisions on lineup and substitutions doesn't really hurt. Yeah, and it was really discussed in the media that you know, they're blaming the pitch at Carlton. They're saying that, you know, our players are so injury-prone because of the pitch, and they'll say that it will improve when we go to Lansdowne because, like, the pitch is of better quality. And I don't really see that that argument. Like, it's, uh, you know, a plastic pitch is a plastic no. pitch. No, I mean, Patterson got injured in the first game. That was on grass. Ubi Parapovic got injured in the first game. That was grass. Oliver, Richie Ryan... Got injured last game with Atlanta. I think it. I think it is turf, but it's not our turf. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. I. don't think I can think of an injury that happened on our field. Yeah, and a nice thing about the new pitch will be uh, it's not as bouncy. I, I. I imagine I haven't played on it. You know. Since well, it's, it's not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if it's anything like like uh, other other pitches that in the last few years that gone in North America, it won't be as bouncy. Uh, it won't have as much give, so you won't see the, 
builds injury, so it'll be more like a real surface. So. Yeah, it'll be more like fake grass instead of carpet. Yes. Well, we got another uh, last-minute listener uh, comment, I should say, or question from Namu again, who wants to know, do you find it hard to record a pod while the EPL season finals are on the background? <laughs> well, actually, you know, we have even sacrificed watching the EPL for the sake of this team. But really, I'm not too bummed out about missing that because, like, the league's decided pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, go, let's go back to, uh, to North American soccer here. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, there have been some statements made by the MLS sort of... Um, Maybe, Ryan, you can uh, sum this up better. Um, they have sort of been attacking the NASL and sort of said, you know, if you want to make it to MLS, you, you, you're better off going into USL Pro first and like you'll have a much better chance. Um, there's been some veiled threats um, where they just kind of kind of say, like, the, they're pretty much saying the path to MLS is through the USL. So, like, get a USL club and then build your club and then that's the path to MLS. I don't know what the large scheme is. It, it was always, like, 24 teams in MLS. And now they're saying... Uh, Garber threw out another number. I can't remember what it was, if they said 30 or what, the other day. And then everyone just lost it. But Well, it would be a very scary development if, if MLS basically says, you know, if you choose NASL over USL Pro or MLS, you're pretty much closing the door to ever entering uh, MLS because for a lot of cities, I mean, the ultimate goal is to be in the first division. Yeah, I don't think we have to worry about that too much in Ottawa. <laughs> Honestly, like, like we're going to have, we're going to have a perfect stadium for it. Perfect stadium, uh, solid ownership group. We have everything, right? We, we don't have the turnouts. So, um, I don't, like, I'm, I know, I'm not worried about it, concerned. I, I see them going NESL long term as long as, as long as it's there and uh, but teams like San Antonio uh, what's going on St. Louis Oklahoma like I'm sure behind closed doors they're saying to these these new owners it's like yeah this is the route to MLS and and the two leagues aren't they're not in competition with each other like they're in competition with each other but it's not much of a competition mm-hmm. so now, I've been reading on the Voyageurs boards uh, last week that, um, you know, a lot of people want the Canadian Soccer League, like a national Canadian Soccer League. Do you think that NASL could sort of be used as a vehicle for more Canadian cities who, who could then in the future sort of get out of the NASL and then have a proven track record and sort of have enough, you know, enough of a capacity to, to create, you know, a domestic league in Canada? I think it'd be really hard with um, to get to Pride, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal out of the MLS just because the money, the money is so much better in the MLS. His exposure is a lot better. But markets like Toronto and Vancouver could probably support MLS teams and have another team for a Canadian league. Yeah, but I, don't, I think if you want a Canadian league, I think you need all the top teams. I, I don't think a Canadian D2 league would fly. I think NASL is probably a better way to go. Yeah. The issue with the NASL is that uh, U.S. soccer says they have to have uh, only 20% foreign teams allowed. 
So hence why there's no Puerto Rico Islanders right now. Um, and there's only eight American teams. So they're at that quota right now. There's two Canadian teams. They bring in more American teams. Yeah, you can bring in Winnipeg. You can bring in Hamilton, maybe Quebec City. Like that's if they get up. We can have four Canadian teams if the NASL is at 20 teams. So it, it'd be hard to use the NASL as a vehicle to like build a Canadian league. Um, there is meetings going on with CFL owners. They're looking at like doing something like that, having like a D2 Canadian league. Um, do I think Ottawa should jump to something like that? Of course. Um, I don't think it'd be much different quality, but at the same time... Do you think we have enough Canadian talent to make a league, you know, that they, to, to be to have like enough competitive teams? Because we know, like, we know from other countries that having your own league really catapults your uh, your national team. Like we've seen it in Japan with with the J League, we've seen it in Australia with A League. So we okay. know this is the route that we should go if we want to have a competitive national team. That's you know. In the top 100, <laughs> not below that. Yeah, well, the only time we made the World Cup was when we had a, a national league. So. Yeah. So we'll, we'll monitor those, those developments, and these things are still um, far in advance, but uh, we'll, we'll uh, definitely um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, keep you uh, informed, and uh, we'll also take a look at the provincial leagues that are starting up. Have, has the Ontario uh, League One actually uh, had any matches yet? I'm unsure. I, I don't think so. I think everything's at the end of May. I know the Pacific Coast League and Alberta Major Soccer League are at the end of May. So, Okay. Then uh, I'd like to ask the listeners just one question. Like We've been thinking of maybe uh, including a, a Canucks Abroad section in our podcast. And uh, I would just be curious if, if, if uh, people are interested in that. So it would just be like five to ten minutes each uh, episode just saying how the Canadians around the world are doing. So... If uh, you think this is a good or a bad idea, please give us some feedback on, on Twitter, which is uh, at Ottawa Fury. Thank you. And uh, let's have some music. All right, so our next game is an away game against the Indy 11. Um, I would be especially interested to hear... Um, Logsmith's thoughts about this as he's uh, writing uh, preview articles now for the Ottawa Metro. Congratulations. We're oh, so proud. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of came out of the blue. They asked me to write some previews for them and maybe some reviews later on, which is, uh, yeah, really exciting. Probably to do with you being, you know, on the Ours is the Fury podcast, which has such a high profile. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the decider. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with that, that blog post you had. Or that. <laughs> Pretty sure it was that one week we had the third listener. <laughs> <laughs> that was them. That was the, the, the editor of the uh, Ottawa Metro. All right, so is this an easy three points? No. I mean, uh, it's a good matchup for, I think, the Fury. I, but I think going into a packed stadium is something new for them. Uh, and I think it's going to be a really tough game, but... Uh, Indy suffers from the same problems we do. They're a little disorganized at times. They they haven't quite found their identity yet. And, um, yeah. But um, they have been unlucky too, right? Like, I haven't seen any of their games, but just from reading the, the match reviews, it seems like 
they were on the verge of winning or getting more points, but sort of were unlucky and not usually the deserved loser. Yeah, they've they've actually been scored on every single game this season. Like they they haven't had a clean sheet yet, so that speaks to maybe some of their issues defensively. But at the same time, they've scored every single game this season, away and home. So they can they can score goals too. So it should be an inter- entertaining game. Yeah, and their goal and their goal scoring is distributed pretty evenly too. It's not one guy getting all the goals, but there are some players to watch too. Yeah, uh, I think their big signing this year was uh, Jose Cleverson, the uh, the former Man U and uh, Brazilian midfielder. He's uh, getting up there in age, but I, uh, he's uh, still really effective in this uh, level of football. I had totally forgotten about him until I heard that uh, you know in the in the off season that that they had signed him. Where was he? Do you know? Last year. Yeah. Last year he played for the Philadelphia Union. Oh, okay. Uh, he had a I think eleven appearances with the Union, and then. He's been in Brazil for about eight years before that. He started off in Manchester, right? Mm-hmm. And he actually was a first-team player. He got a few goals for United. So. All right, who else uh, should we look out for? I think, uh, I think up front, uh, Mike Ambersley, the former uh, USA under-20, is, uh, is a really uh, strong striker. He had a lot of uh, NASL experience with both uh, Tampa and Minnesota. And uh, yeah, I, 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 he scored the goal, but I, yeah, yesterday in Edmonton, but I believe they gave it as a an own goal to Edmonton. But he's been, uh, he's been done. If they're scoring, it's usually through him. Yeah, he's done. He gets he gets a lot of assists too. Like uh, I think he's leading the team in assists or something like that. But uh, he he's also he can turn, he hasn't turned it on in the last couple of years. Been 2011, 2012, he scored twenty goals with the Rowdies. Which is pretty good, like, you don't, 10 goals a season, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, it's, I'd be happy if any of our players got 10 goals a season. <laughs> and of course they have the German goalkeeper Christian Nicht, who uh, mm-hmm. is 32 years old, tall lad, um, don't know too much about him, I know he started off in Germany and then uh, he did go to, to North America um, not too long ago. I think he played for the Rochester Rhinos before, the, before Indy. Yeah. I think he's a solid keeper, but like nothing amazing. Yeah, was he on the Rochester Rhinos, like the the championship teams? Like no, no, no. This was like the like two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Okay, because they had a really good program there earlier. Uh, a guy that I think fans of the Canadian men's national team would be familiar with, uh, not for good reasons, is uh, Eric Norales. He's a defender. He's Honduran defender. He's had twenty nine appearances for the Honduran national team. He's He's a dirty player, um, <laughs> so uh, watch out for him. But he's he's pretty much their best defender, and uh, he's played most of his career in Honduras, like with Marathon, Marathon, Marathon. So yeah, Marathon, Marathon. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So th- they got like you know they got and a lot of their other players are like second division journeymen. Uh, they they got a lot of players right out of college. They have strong college programs there, so. Yeah, they have a weird mix of uh, really experienced older players and really young players with absolutely no uh, professional experience. Like, there's not a lot of like uh, middle middle aged for soccer player guys, and with somewhat experience, you're either old and experienced or young. And I think it's it's kind of a weird dynamic on a team, especially a new team. Yeah, 
So the main storyline for this game is probably like the two expansion teams battle it out, right? So you have that like who's the best expansion team sort of mentality. At least, you know, that's the way I would frame it. So hopefully we will be able to get a point there or maybe even beat them. Yeah, and we're, we're now fighting for not be last. <laughs> Which is a strong possibility at this point. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, on the field, we're like seeing games, seeing both teams play before. Well, I've seen Fury play a lot, and <laughs> seen I've seen a couple. Indi- I saw the first Indy Eleven game, and then I saw the like the third one. And uh, we're we're a better team. Like I expect three points. I know it's it's we're not not the kind of team to go on the road and expect three points. You know. Well, we don't have a single point yet from from, from the away road. games. So. Yeah, everything's been at home, right? A draw, draw and a win at home, and then three losses on the road, mm-hmm. and even in the Canada Cup, Voyager's Cup, right? Yeah, we did lose one another home game against Minnesota. Yeah, well, no, that's the clocks. The referee, ninety seventh minute. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was a tragedy. Yeah, it'd be good for them to uh, the Fury anyway to have another week of training and get some bodies back. Patterson, who we said is coming back Monday, I believe, to train. And uh, yeah, if we can go to that game pretty healthy, I think we can uh, we can come out with some points, if not three. Yeah, one thing about in Indy uh, that's happened a couple times this season. It happened yesterday too. Is uh, when they get scored on, they fall apart right away. And so if you score on them, just come come at them again because they they like to concede goals in bunches, like within the same five minutes. Like last night, I think it was within two minutes, both goals were scored. So uh, in terms of our starting lineup against the Indy, it's kind of hard to predict at this point because uh, you know we're a week in advance and uh, so many injuries are day to day. But we pretty much are guaranteed to see Patterson back. I don't know if we're guaranteed, but he's going to start training again. I don't know how how match fit he'll be. Well, you guys will find out next week uh, when uh, we'll be back to review the game. So it's been a uh, been a pleasure and. Um, if you want to get in touch with uh, with the podcast, we're on Twitter at Ottawa Fury. Uh, Ryan, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, same thing on Twitter. It's at C O X O N. I am Crooked Beat on Twitter, so it's at Crooked Beat. And you can find me at Twitter at at Blog Fury FC or uh, Metro Ottawa Metro. Yes, uh, and you can find me at Fußball underscore A. And uh, I hope you guys have a great week. Bye. 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 Bye.
You have a megaphone. We have this. Hey!